Big news. This Wellness Couch podcast is proudly brought to you by the Wellness Summit, returning this year to Melbourne on August 17 and 18. Early bird tickets and all info at thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. And if you're working shift work, you know that uh, there are certainly many challenges, that's for sure. Now, I am going solo again today, uh, which I do have plans on doing for a few more upcoming episodes because I want to talk about topics that I think uh, really need to be, I guess, brought to our attention uh, and we need to be talking um, more about them. So they're going to be a lot shorter, obviously, with it's just me talking, but I'm hoping that you're going to gain some value from them. Now, today's episode, it's actually uh, an exciting development, really, because the Australian government uh, has just launched a world-first inquiry into sleep health awareness in Australia, which, can I say, makes me extraordinarily happy. And from, I think, uh, from, I don't know, where from my point of view anyway, I think it's very, very, very much uh, overdue. It's something that should have happened a long, long time ago, but, you know, better late than never uh, because I think there's just so much focus when it comes to the you know health and well-being and from a, a government funding perspective too a lot of that emphasis is put on uh, nutrition and you know putting together exercise uh, campaigns and so forth which is awesome but they've kind of been missing one really important part of our health and well-being and, and that of course is sleep if we were to look at it from a like a trifecta you know it's just not just about nutrition and exercise which we hear so much about but sleep is such an important part of it and if if i um from i even think it's even more important than nutrition and exercise purely because everything um you know is affected our nutrition and our exercise certainly gets affected when we haven't had enough sleep and from a shift work perspective, a lot of our uh, you know lack of um, you know wanting to do exercise or our dietary habits, they tend to fall apart because of lack of sleep. It's usually the sleep first, and then everything else kind of falls after it. So, I'm really excited that you know the government has put this together, and uh, you know hoping that the, um, you know something good will will certainly eventuate from it. Um, I'm. We'll just give a few quotes from some of the the documents um, then I'll also share a link to if anybody who wants to go in and learn a little bit more. But fortunately, uh, yes, they have made reference to shift workers, which is fabulous. Obviously, there are other areas when it comes to sleep, you know, people that have certain other sleep disorders and, they, you know, they're talking about all that as well. But uh, they, they have got a, a section where they do talk about shift work, which is for me, I think that's. I think we are really the first point of call when it comes to uh, a society that is that is certainly sleep deprived, and obviously for the new parents out there, it's certainly something 
that they experience. But for shift workers, you know, our disrupted sleep doesn't just last a year. It can last many, many years and sometimes decades for a lot of people as well. So we certainly need to be looking at uh, ways to help to, you know, minimise that impact. And I know here in Australia, I think the recent statistics is that it's close to 2 million Australians now do work in um, a shift working role um, in some way, shape or form. And globally, I think it represents about 0.7 billion people. So we need shift workers. And um, I know for myself over the years, visiting many health practitioners, you know, a lot of them just told me to quit my job. But, you know, that's whilst that of course would have improved my health and well-being it's not exactly the practical advice and the fact is too that we need shift workers I've always often said that if all you know all healthcare practitioners told their shift workers that came in and said that they were struggling to quit and we all quit then the world will almost come to a complete standstill because it forms so many industries you know, health, the healthcare sector, the transport, mining, manufacturing, there's just so many elements of shift workers uh, and we can't just all of a sudden work Monday to Friday, nine to five. We certainly need to be working irregular hours, but unfortunately there are, you know, safety risks and health implications as a result of that. But I just wanted to, um, I guess, mention the I think they put about 11 or 12 recommendations from this report uh, based on the, uh, you know, what the, all the research that they put together. And recommendation number one was uh, that the Australian the, the committee recommends that the Australian government prioritise sleep health as a national priority and recognise its importance to health and wellbeing alongside fitness and nutrition. Yay, finally, uh, although, like I said before, I think it's even more important, but, you know, we're on, we're, we're certainly on the right track, that's for sure. Uh, recommendation two was that the committee recommends Safe Work Australia and the Alertness CRC provide updated guidelines based on current research and science for industries using shift work regarding optimal shift structures and other workplace practices that promote alertness, productivity and ensure worker safety so that's that's definitely uh, great news that they're, they're kind of really looking um, at uh, you know certain rosters that that um, need to be uh, addressed because we know that you know there are obviously some organizations and some rosters out there that do a really good job at, at looking after their their shift workers um, but then you know there are others that aren't so good so if we can, uh, you know, be, there's some kind of rules and regulations to make it more consistent, uh, then that's got to be uh, great news. And recommendation number three was the committee recommends the Australian government work with the states and territories to develop a nationally consistent approach to working hours and rest breaks for shift workers and consider where there is a need for sleep health screening for shift workers, which I think is actually uh, a good idea because, you know, if uh, we can sort of pick up that there is any um, sleep irregularity to someone, whether they're just about to start shift work or they're currently doing shift work. Uh, it's it's having that awareness because if something's not quite right, uh, then we're able to look at ways to, um, you know, rectify it. I mean, there, there is that saying, we can't fix what we don't know. So I think, um, it, yeah, having... Um, 
uh, sleep health screenings is actually a good idea. It's, you know, it can be a bit like getting our blood pressure tested or our cholesterol. Um, you know, it just gives us that awareness um, to see if there's anything um, amiss and that can be uh, looked at prior to, as I said, prior to beginning working shift work or if you're already uh, working shift work as well. Now, I just wanted to mention uh, something else that caught my eye uh, in the document. Uh, and again, I'm going to put a link to it so that everyone can read it at that, um, if they wish. But they do mention about shift working shift rostering practices. So the Australian government stated that ideal rostering for shift workers should include consideration of time of day, particularly midnight to 6am, ensuring possibility of breaks, the time spent working, especially shifts that are greater than 10 hours in duration, avoiding rapid shift changes, which I'm going to talk about in a second, cumulative fatigue, having opportunities to rest and eat, uh, that's super important, um, and including all time worked in assessing fatigue and not just what is rostered. Uh, I think, yeah, that's the rostered versus hours worked. I'm sure in many workplaces there can be a bit of difference uh, in, in there, that's for sure. But in regards to the uh, rapid shift changes, something uh, that I would really like to see happen, uh, just obviously dealing with clients or my clients that do have do work shift work, as I said, there's some that have a pretty good roster and others maybe not so good. But here in Australia, I know that there are some organisations where they allow an eight-hour turnaround between shifts. Now, for me, this never made sense because in the normal world, you know, their recommendations, they say, is to have somewhere between seven and nine hours of sleep, you know, that, that quality sleep. So if the recommendations are to get seven to nine hours sleep, why is it that we have a minimum turnaround of eight hours? Because, of course, we have to budget in that little bit of time. Well, if, A, if you don't actually finish on time, uh, then that's going to encroach in your sleep time. But, of course, people, you know, there's some people that have to, um, you know, commute. And then we need that bit of time to wind down because the actual process of sleep is a process. It's it. We need to give ourselves and our body and our minds sufficient opportunity to sleep. It's not like a light switch. We can't just, you know, turn it on and off like like that. It's it requires a little bit of a process, our body to and our mind to unwind to be able to get to sleep. So you can see how quickly that eight-hour turnaround can. Um, rapidly vanish into something more like you know six hours or even five which is way insufficient for somebody to be able to um, be productive be alert from a safety perspective you know particularly even just getting back and driving in the car to come back into work today again and I always would often compare it to a nine to five worker for example somebody that finished at five o'clock in the afternoon an eight-hour turnaround for them would be asking them to come back at one o'clock in the morning, which no Monday to Friday, nine to five industry or organisation would ever do. Worst case scenario, though, finish later and they finish at 6 p.m. Again, it would be like asking them to come back at two o'clock in the morning, which no organisation that works Monday to Friday, those regular hours would ever do. So I really don't understand why we have become 
for some reason, adopted this eight-hour turnaround mentality, even a 10-hour turnaround. For me, it should be at least at least 12 hours, if not more, um, to be able to allow a human being, because we are machine, we're not machines, we are human beings, we need that sufficient time to be able to unwind um, and recover, basically, because that's what it comes back to, having sufficient recovery in between working these irregular hours. So, Obviously, someone that finishes, works Monday to Friday, that has that consistent sleep pattern, they, you know, are getting up at the same time, they're going to bed at the same time, they get way more than an eight or a 10 hour turnaround, and yet they're already getting more sleep. So why are we asking our shift workers to do something that's even more sleep disruptive on when they're already getting disrupted sleep that I just, to me that really does um it, it just does my head in i suppose it's the best way to describe it and i would definitely like to be seeing um more recommendations coming in for as i said in my mind a 12-hour turnaround and look we all appreciate that there are going to be those times and instances where that's just not going to happen we do have to work extended hours particularly you know those that are in the emergency sector emergency care sector things happen and that you are required to work longer than normal hours and you know that's fine and that's understandable but I think to expect somebody to do it consistently um, knowing that the you know health implications for somebody is you know working shift work it, it certainly makes them more vulnerable and this is not new it's not as if nobody knows about it um, it's as, almost as if those um, in the know were kind of just sort of putting their head in the sand and just sort of ignoring it um, maybe because it doesn't affect them personally but you know I'm all about uh, you know supporting the actual shift worker um, because you know I've been there and done it I know 20 years of it it's it's certainly not an easy thing that being said it's definitely a dual uh, you know responsibility and even uh, in the report the Sir Charles Gardner Hospital emphasized that both the workplace and the individual have a role in managing fatigue absolutely 100% agree with that. Um, They stated that there are things that employers and workplaces can do to provide opportunities for sleep and so they should. That involves shift work design, forward rotation of shifts, making sure there is adequate time off for recuperation, etc. is really important. Um, But at the same time, it's equally important that the individuals doing uh, this sort of work, you know, take take those opportunities and the opportunities uh, do exist for them so again that comes back to uh, like I said they're, they're, the workplace has a responsibility but at the same time the employer employee certainly needs to be uh, you know doing the right things as well and not adding to a lot of self-sabotaging sleep behaviors that are only going to make things worse so yeah anyway I just wanted to share that document with you um, and it, it is it's definitely an exciting development particularly for us living you know here in Australia um, but I'm hopeful that you know this initiative and the preceding recommendations um, that will come from this document uh, will set a precedent for other countries around the world to follow suit uh, and hopefully we can start making more of a healthy shift work 
Woodworker ripple effect, um, you know, starting from better sleep because at the end of the day, uh, there's not one area of our life that is not affected by lack of sleep. It affects every single area from our nutrition choice, from our exercise, from our body's ability to handle stress. It affects our mood and mental health, uh, our um, immune system you know, enormously our immune system relies on our body getting enough sleep. So uh, it definitely affects many. And our relationships is a big one uh, too. You know, we know that, um, you know, or I'm sure you can all relate to, you know, those times when you haven't had enough sleep that we tend to often say and do things that we wouldn't ordinarily do had we had enough sleep. So having this awareness is really important about that. So maybe, you know, choosing to perhaps um you know rather rather than going and saying something that is probably a little bit out of character perhaps you know if you can take the opportunity to sleep on it first and then then um you know perhaps regroup for that conversation uh, because yeah it's sleep is huge it, and it definitely needs to be a big big priority for us especially for those working 24 7 well, that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, please feel free to share it with other shift workers. Uh, you know, my goal is really to, as I said, to create this healthy shift worker effect, not only here in Australia, but all around the world, um, because there are so many of us around the world and we definitely need all the help and support um, that we can get. So thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.